0: Welcome to The King's Table, a podcast out of Hill Church in Boston, where we seek to elevate the Bible over opinion, answering the questions you have. I'm your host, Jonathan Mosley. On this episode, we have with us Anthony Edie Jr. He's one of the pastors of New England World International Ministries, a church that meets in Dorchester. We're going to be discussing how God's Word speaks into the tragedies of racism and riots that our country is currently experiencing, following the deaths of Breonna Taylor, Ahmaud Arbery, and George Floyd. Hope you enjoyed today's discussion. Anthony, thanks for joining us today.
1: Glad to be here. Thank you, Jonathan.
0: Man, I had the privilege of talking with you on the phone the other day and just moved by your story, but also your heart for Jesus. So I'm excited that we get to spend some time together today.
1: Praise God. Glad to be here and um, hopefully, you know, the, the message gets out. And then, you know we get we get people whose lives are touched and and who can really make a difference in our community.
0: Yeah, amen. Anthony, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and a little bit about your story?
1: Yeah, sure. So um, I was born here in Boston um, in the '70s. I am one of two children, uh, born to uh, parents of uh, Caribbean descent. Um, my father who born in Trinidad, came up to uh, North America. Um, He actually worked in Canada uh, for a few years um, and uh, saved up a little bit of money, moved back to Boston. And uh, my mother came up from Trinidad and uh, they got married. And they've been here ever since. Um, My sister is about nine years younger than I am, Ashley. And, you know i I wouldn't say we had a typical upbringing um because we've been you know in a home with a mother and a father and in in communities uh like mine that is something you don't hear often you hear it it's there it exists uh, but growing up um you know you know i didn't I hear a lot of friends say they grew up without a father and you hear this that's that narrative over and over again um I was part of the METCO program here in Boston for school. So, um, you know, hopped on a bus and I was sent out uh, to Brookline Public Schools for uh, elementary and middle, and then Westwood Public Schools um, for high school. And uh, once I left high school and graduated, I went to UMass Lowell, and there I um, was pursuing a bachelor's in graphic design. So, I have an art background. Um, I was saved. By the age of 19, and yeah, I gave my heart to Christ because the world had nothing else to offer me. Hmm. You know, and I've heard the message, and I, you know, growing up Catholic, actually, you know, on my mom's side, um, you know, I went through all the rankings. I did everything you had to do. I went to CCD, I went to mass, you know, and, and received, you know, um, first communion and, You know, even within the church, there were rites of passages. And and so I really believed, you know, even being an alkaline, an altar boy, really believed I was right where I need to be with God. Um, And things changed when my father, who um, had always listened to his grandmother, um, his mother, my grandmother, who also from Trinidad, had a strong Baptist background, and she had always Preach the word to my father. But my father really wasn't a church-going guy. I would see him on occasion sitting in the living room, with a you know a light on, and he had this small leather-bound blue Bible. Didn't know what he was reading, but there was something in my spirit that said leave him alone. Something serious is going on. But he wasn't really a church goer. And my father, one day driving home from work, um, was on the highway, and his windshield just exploded. And you know, he pulled suddenly over to the side of the road, visibly shaken, um, wanted to know why this windshield just exploded. So he got out of the car. He, he, the van, he had a van at the time. He got out, walked around. He could not figure out why this windshield just exploded. When he came, when he was coming back into the, this, the, the driver's side, he looked up and there was a piece of a truck's leaf spring that had been lodged from the street, from the road, through the windshield and right inches above his head. And he, it was like his life kind of flashed before his eye and it was a wake up call for him um, not to take, you know, this life for granted and to really commit himself to the Lord. And so he's going through his journey and I'm, you know, at Catholic church with my mom. And one day, you know, he was giving me a ride and he goes, what do you do in church? And I'm like, you know, I serve, but that's what I do. I serve, right? He goes, serve who? You serving God or you serving the priest? Now I'm 13 at the time. (laughs) And I'm like, you hitting me with these deep uh, theological questions that I I really am not equipped to answer right now. And I said, God, you know, I I figured, you know, God, right? And he starts going on about the Catholic church and, you know, but this was a young father, right? This is a, a man who's still trying to, figure out his own walk, his own place in the kingdom of God. And so he started attending a Pentecostal church. And this was kind of like my introduction to the real word, the real word of God. And he took me one day and it was, uh, you know, a, a church right out of, a, it was like a boys and girls club. Um, ironically, because this is where my current uh, church is, is being held. But we go to a boys and girls club in 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 Roxbury, and um, I'm so used to hymns and the you know this ha ha ha, ha," man, right? (laughs) Just really, (laughs) you know, somber and 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 quiet and reflective. And um, I go in and I'm hearing clapping and the drums are playing and the guitars being strummed, and people are saying these words that make no sense to me, and I'm hearing hallelujah being screamed and it was a shell shock for me and but as we walk in we're going through this gauntlet of these men in great suits giving my father these hugs calling him brother tony and i'm like brother tony (laughs) what is this my that's my dad he's just tony what's this brother tony and um once the it was really praise and worship that was going on that i wasn't really accustomed to and once praise and worship came and the pastor came to deliver the word of God. Something in me leapt. I was like, "He's expounding on the word of God, like really expounding on the word of God." And it was it was something that just really clicked in me. And it was God calling me. Really, it was God calling me. And you know, we have our journeys, and God calls us in different ways. Um, and so that began my love of the word of God. And, you know, we had gone from church to church at that point and finally kind of settled at a church where the majority of my, my family on my father's side had been attending. Um, this church uh, was um, part of the Church of God in Christ, the Kojic movement. Um, Kojic church. And so we always had the apostles and we had the evangelists and the, 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 the prophetists and the, 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 you know, it was just people coming in and it were revivals and, and, um, but again, they had to be, they had to be a yes in my spirit for it to really connect and you can clap all you want. You can sing all you want, but until you say yes to Christ, Mm -hmm. that's when that's when the transformation happens that's when the rebirth happens that's when you're born again right Nicodemus he couldn't figure this out he was like how was a man supposed to go back in his mother's womb here I was at 19 and I he said if you if you want Christ in your life you know come to the front and it was just push in my in my heart And I ran to the stage and um, not literally, but I walked up to the stage (laughs) and I said, God, you know, hands open. I said, I I want you. I want you in my life. And I was actually home from college at the time, you know, and college, you know, you you see people from all walks of life. And the challenge was to, to, to still walk upright in your faith. And you had people who were atheists, people who are Buddhists, people who are. Uh, Islamic. You had people who who had different views on religion. You had the philosophers. You had the people who was like, I don't want to hear nothing about church. You had people who were hurt from the church. You had people who converted from one to the other. So there was this huge uh, array of of people and backgrounds, and and at the same time, it was a challenge within myself. Not to say I didn't fall, not to say I didn't have, you know, a thorn in my side, so to speak, where I struggled with certain things, but God was there through it all. I graduated um, 2000 uh, with, my, with my bachelor's in fine arts, was looking for work and, and uh, landed, landed a job in education, eventually, where I've been a teacher now uh, for over 15 years in various positions um, at about three different schools over that span of time, um, starting off at the 12 Baptist Church Preschool, um, where I really fell in love with teaching, um, and then uh, being uh, asked to work at uh, Boston Renaissance Charter Public School. Shout out, you know, to the Voices of Renaissance. Y'all see the picture in the back. Basically, it's a picture of like my, my old school choir, all the kids that I mentored, and we got to visit uh President Barack Obama a few times and sing for him so um and and even in that there was there was messages there was hope there was encouragement and and it was always the Word of God that kind of led me on um There was a falling out at my old church. the church had at this point now had divided um and I was upset you know and and clearly, if anybody who had really given such a commitment, not just to Christ, but to the body and, and, and bringing themselves uh, to, to be available. Um, You know, I was given the keys to the church, um, not metaphorically, literally open the church (laughs) on Sunday. Uh, You know, it turns from, can you help out with children's church to, can you teach children's church to, can you help out with, you know, our youth, uh, youth, uh, youth night on Fridays to, listen, I got I to gotta go for a while. It's on you for two weeks. Two weeks turn into two years to, can you teach a little Bible study? Just one to you're running Bible study now and uh, never really asking. I never you know intended to be a pastor. I never intended to, be, all I wanted, God, I just wanted to please you. And so it was always a lot of yeses wherever God led me, but you know what? God never disappointed me when I said yes to him. And that's a little nugget right there. If you say yes to God, he's not gonna disappoint you. Follow him, listen to his teachings and he will guide you. Um, so when uh, the church had kind of disconnected and, and I was looking for a church home, I ended up finding uh, my, my current pastor, Pastor Rodney Harris, um, who was uh, I, be, I believe he was an assistant pastor to his father, the late great uh, Bishop Hesse Harris of uh, Born Again Ministries in Mattapan. and we uh, I attended there from like about 2008, and I heard the message, uh, "Sing, O Baron. that was his message, and it was so powerful, you know. And and when we we understand the Word of God, when when God really talks about a woman who was barren, we in the natural sense think there's nothing there to reproduce. But when you're singing, there's a joyful noise, knowing that God can come and bring life into you. And so it was a rebirth for me again. And I actually had for the first time been baptized in water by Pastor Rodney Harris. There was no back at that point. Um, His messages were poignant. His messages were collegiate they were executed well, um, they were explained, they were given applications, not just, hey, let me feel good on Sunday, but no, tomorrow morning, here's your, here's, here's your, here's your, uh, your charge. Tuesday night, I want you to try the Wednesday, stay with the word of God. Thursday night, don't give up. Friday, you know, so there was always an encouragement. So you're being refueled again on Sunday. Love um, that. He ended up hearing from God and he uh, moved from his father's church, created his own church, where I am currently um, there now, uh, which is New England World International Ministries. Um, and he heard God. He's a, a man of nature. He loves to hike. He's a, a, an amazing professional photographer. Um, he, uh, he's, he's, you know, he's just not stuck You know, um, but he knows that wherever he goes, he loves to go walk on the beach. You know, he loves to go out to Maine, you know, and and I love to hike the Blue Hills. And so we have this, you know, connection where we want to be in a place where we just want to be in God's creation, hearing clearly from him. Um, In time, hearing Pastor Rodney with his uh, uh, Bible studies, you know, I would start, you know, at the back, we was having Bible studies in Northeastern. Uh, he was able to, um, have a room available for him to teach, you know, Bible study. Um, and I wasn't there with the full history of the church. I know there were other places. I think they were at the YMCA, um, early on when he first started the church, but I wasn't there at that time. But when he actually started getting uh, a place there where we had on, um, Tablet Avenue in Dorchester at the Boys and Girls Club, um, that's where I actually first started, you know, attending. Um, a Bible study would be held in Northeastern. And um, it was great because it was it was such a uh, uh, an environment of we are going to learn. I'm giving you assignments. I'm giving you homework. Because aren't we supposed to rightfully divide that word? Aren't we supposed to get into it and eat that word? Right? It's the bread of life. Amen. And so giving us that opportunity to really, and pushing people who used to just read the Bible on a Sunday. Mm -hmm. put it down didn't he preach and he was like no this is our daily bread which means you need to read this Uh, first psalm said you gotta meditate on it right day and night day and night so that you can be like a tree planted by the streams of water right so we're rooted in the word of God and everything man should not live by bread alone by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God so you know Eventually, my pastor um, had had a leadership program called Vanguard Seven Thousand. It was like a miniature um, seminary that he taught. Um, it taught us how to be leaders. It gave us uh, case studies and uh, really pushed us as leaders. How to engage the community. We uh, started really going out into the community. Um, we helped out uh, feeding and and preparing meals over at the Pilgrim Church uh, at Upham's cor- up Corner. Uh, we were, uh, you know, engaged with the uh, Homeful little, little Wanderers. We were doing food drives, can drives. So, so not just, you know, hearers of the word, but doers of the word. And this made me really appreciate the, the word that has been mm. placed in us. Being a doer of the word is, is unlike a, a person sitting in the pews unlike a person who's just there on the worship team, you know, or sitting and, and being one of the musicians. and No, no knock on the musicians, I'm a, I'm a drummer at the church. But, but there's something when, you are, when you're going as an ambassador of, of Christ, an ambassador of the kingdom of God, and you're coming in with the weight of God's word to see the lives of people who had nothing to hear somebody say, you are loved. You are loved and Jesus loves you. And let me stay here with you while you're going through your situation. I'm not just going to pat you on your back and send you on your way. I want you to call me. I want you to stay with me because now there's discipleship happening and I'm going to form you and mold you, right? If God said, I made you after my own, in my own image, after my own likeness, right? It is, it is something that he put within us to do the same. Mm. We are to multiply and be fruitful. Is what he said in Genesis. So we're doing the same thing by being fishers of men, as Jesus said. And when you really see the transformation of people who said, you know what? If it wasn't for you, you just bought me a cup of coffee. I didn't think anybody was even thinking of me you bought groceries for me? Why are you doing this? I remember uh, uh, one time I was, um, I had left a friend's house um, and I, I have friends that I would just hang out with until three, four in the morning and we just fellowship, you know? And it's like, I, got, I gotta go, I gotta go. And so it was one of those nights and we were just talking and laughing and I said, listen, I gotta go. And I'm heading up the road and I uh, pull up right at the, uh, the intersection by the Franklin Park Zoo. Um, it's like three, four in the morning. And I see this man, he's, he's homeless. He's asking for money. Um, I roll down the window and one of the things I do, I always ask for their name because that's a person, that's a soul right there. I said, what's your name? Tells me his name. I asked for his story and listen. And then I look, he had the most tattered up shoes in the world. I said, hold on a second. I put my car and park. I take off my shoes. Right off of my feet. I give it to him. I had a pair of boots in the back. I go in a trunk. I give him that. I said, listen, I don't have a lot of money to give you, but you clearly need some shoes. You need something. And I just want to let you know that Jesus loves you and I love you. Hmm. And, and if I could see you again, I'll make sure that I check on you as well and 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 there was something that happened in me that it was almost as if you can see yourself in these people who suffer because we have to remember God saved us and all men have sinned we have fallen short of the glory of God all men that means every single one of us And so, if I can't empathize, if I can't sympathize with my brother or sister who is hurting, I really need to reevaluate myself. Because the Word of God really is a mirror. You read that Word of God, you're seeing yourself reflected in there. And if it hurts, if it stings, yeah, you're going to have to let that sting a little bit. Because the Word Mm -hmm. is a two-edged sword. It's going to cut you, but it's going to heal you at the Mm -hmm. same time. So... uh, as time went by, my pastor ordained me as a, as a minister, um, giving me opportunities to speak the word of God to the congregation every once in a while. And, uh, eventually he really felt, uh, God using me in the office of an associate pastor, um, where I can really, um, be, uh, be a right hand, you know, for him and to really serve. I don't look at it as anything, but Uh, a a way to even serve even more humbly right if jesus said if you won't let me wash your feet you ain't none of mine (laughs) so i need to be able to wash the feet of others so leadership really comes with responsibility knowing that you're there to serve you're really there to serve um so um Here I am, you know, uh, an associate pastor Mm. um, and and just being able to be, um, try to be a pillar in my community, a landmark, if you will, to show uh, others that God can use you and he will use you. If you say yes to him and you obey his word and, you know, he will clean you up, he will turn you around and, and that blood of Jesus truly washes away a multitude of sins and I'm thankful to God that he did. And I know the journey is not over and I know there's still things that I'm learning and things that I'm still uh, uh working on and and there's more things and more people to reach uh but but uh I'm 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 grateful that God called me. Amen.
0: Amen. Amen. Anthony, thank you. That is uh uh just listening to your story it just never gets old. Thank you for sharing that. Uh, uh Anthony yeah, I, I really just want to be able to talk to you about the things that we're seeing in the news right now, uh, the the tragedies that we've we've seen with Breonna Taylor and Ahmaud Arbery and George Floyd, and uh, honestly, the several others that have come before. And I, you know, I'm just asking you, in addition to the riots happening around the country, how how are you personally processing this, and what are you preaching to yourself? Right, I hear just taking in the word. Do we, you know, doer of the word? How are you preaching to yourself? How are you processing this? I think it'd be helpful for people to listen into that.
1: Yeah, you know, um, that is that is such a a loaded question because there's a few facets to it. Because one, I have to look at what has happened, right? What you know, and ask myself, what is this? What is happening? Um, I look at through the lens of a human that tends to have a little bit more melanin built up in my skin. That's how I look at it, right? And so when I walk this earth and the lens of others see me as a black man, I, I have to remember the things and the tragedies and the people who have gone before me, what they've suffered, that that's the reality. I can't brush it away. And, you know, a lot of people want to kind of look above things and look very spiritual, but you have to be authentic. And this is the type of church God wants anyways, to be authentic, to be applicable to to the people we're, we're preaching to. So I was, I was clearly upset at what had happened, but I was clearly upset at Emmett Till when I was a kid. I remember being in this MECO program in Brookline and there was a, 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 a documentary that our MECO coordinator had showed us. We had some time with her and um, you know, she was always empowering young black youth and the, and the students that she worked with. And she always had us singing songs, I am young, gifted and black and all these different things to make us proud of who we are. And there was a documentary that she showed us that was called Eyes on the Prize. And it talked about the struggle that happened uh, in uh, the civil rights movement. And one of the images that just horrified me as a child was the the image of Emmett Till laying in the casket with his face completely mutilated, uh, bloated from being underwater, flattened because he was hit with a bat And so I had always had that in the back of my mind. We're talking about the 80s when I saw this. And there were things that had happened to me and to my my family in regards of race with prejudice, with, uh, uh, you know, we, we weren't in, my parents really weren't in Uh, the time of the civil rights movement here in America. They kind of came over into the 70s. Um, But my father clearly has stories about, you know, being pulled over, being profiled. Why are you driving a car like this, sir? You know, my father had always worked hard. He always earned his money the right way. He used to be a a, a police officer back in Trinidad and Tobago. Um, That's where he got his training. And so, you know, he saw the difference between being black in the Caribbean versus being black here in the United States versus being black in Montreal, Canada, you know? So my father was able to see this. So I'm compiling all of this. So when we look at something like that, everybody's story is so different. So how this hit everybody really is a measure of your own past experience. So it hit me hard. Because I saw a life and it doesn't matter. I don't like to see any life taken. I have a hard time already watching movies where people are dying. Um, and so you you see that and it moves you and and you get angry and you, you start asking yourself. well, Why is this happening? Who let this happen? What can I do to stop this from happening? what should I do with my anger? Should I hit somebody? Should I write something? Should I create? Should I paint? Should I sing? Should I walk, march? What should I do? And sometimes you feel powerless because now we're looking at 2020 when this happened and we look at history with all leaders, not just African-American leaders. Yes, them too who have stood up and say the government is wrong. And we see what happened to them as a result. They get put on the FBI list. They're followed by the CIA. Their phones are tapped. They're assassinated. And so now there's this fear that says, if you speak up, you're going to die. The Black Panther movement. You look at all these different people who said, I'm going to stand up for the cause. So that's the lens I look at it at first initially. But then the spirit man comes up. Hmm. And said, God didn't create you. He didn't say I didn't create you in the image of a black man, in the image of a white man, in the image of an Asian man. And he said, I made you after my image. So, so, so I have to now understand that I have been fearfully and wonderfully made. So I am the image of God. I have to walk in understanding that I am a child of God. So if I'm a child of God and God is a king, God rules in a kingdom that there are rules in the kingdom. That I can't just do anything being a child of God. Hmm. Right? So now his, and truth is truth. God's word never returns unto him void. The first murder that happened is between Cain and Abel. And what happened is, and my pastor spoke so eloquently about this the other day. And he said, that that the blood cried out, it cried out, it cried out for vengeance, it cried out for justice. Cain did not appease God in the way that he should. He gave of the earth, and Abel gave of the first fruit, of the lamb, of the lamb. And when we look at these things, we're looking at the heart of the matter. So I say, okay, as a man, as a child of God, how now do I look at this situation? I see a broken system that allowed a broken man to assume a position of power in a a disadvantaged area with a, with a, a, a man who is trying to get his life together who at one point had crossed paths and now they're crossing paths again and now it's a fatal situation. And now God's people, like that blood, is crying out. So now what happens? How does the church respond to this? How do we as people of God move in a place where we want to be sensitive? We don't want to, you know, you don't want to be on too many sides. You want to make sure you're all encompassing. And I always say, go back to the word of God, because it's not about opinions right now. And so one of the things I was thinking about, and and I know, um, you know, like you said, we had talked about it, but I was meditating on it. So one of the things we we need to do first as an individual is to look at um, first, uh, excuse me, uh, second Chronicles chapter seven. I'm gonna read this and I want you to put yourself in this scripture. Chapter seven, verse 14 says, if my people which are called by my name shall do first this, humble yourself. Humble yourself and then we gotta pray. Then after we pray, we gotta seek his face and then turn from our wicked ways. Then." then will I hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and I will heal their land. And I said, my God, that's what I need to do as a child of God. Before I react, Mm -hmm. I need to humble myself. I need to root myself back in the word of God because right now in this country, and it it, 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 I've always had a question, you know, being, being a child growing up Catholic and then, you know, coming into the Pentecostal, then the Koji, I, I've seen a lot of facets of Christ. And I used to always wonder, God, why are there 10,000 churches just going down one strip on Blue Hill Avenue, <laughs> on Washington Street, Cummins Highway? Why are there so many churches? If, if, if it's one Bible, why is there an Episcopal? Why is there a Presbyterian? Why is there a, 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 you know, why all these movements? Why are we breaking off in, 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 into so many different factions and we're saying, well, I have the word of God. Well, I have the word of God. And then we're bashing each other because we haven't humbled ourselves. And in and, and, and real leadership, it really comes from an, a place of obedience. Because if I am to be A leader in in, in Christ God is my head and I need to be able to humble myself and so okay I need to pray what am I praying for well I need to pray one I need I need to pray to, to be able to put myself to the side because all my past all my hurt all my opinions all these things are now clouding the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ because how, cause, cause, because this is the big thing. How do I one, preach Christ to the, to the family of this fallen man, George Floyd? How do I preach Christ to them? That's what I need to pray for. Because I have to really think, and not just George Floyd, but thousands upon millions of people that have lost loved ones. Not just a black and white issue, because death is a common theme with all humans. When tragedy hits, how do you go and console and say, Lord, you've been a comfort for me so I can be a comfort to others. Hmm. God, come in my heart first. God is a God of reconciliation, and this is the big thing. The theme of our church is to rebuild, rescue, and restore. to, to rebuild, restore, excuse me, to rebuild, rescue and restore and you remember when the wall had been broken down the god's people came together to build the wall back up some had the north gate the east gate the west gate and they were all working together on one accord Mm -hmm. and he built this wall together and so when we if we come together you can start to see this rebuilding of the church that have been broken. John spoke to the church. He, he was not, not so much spoke to the church, but he received the revelation about the churches, the seven churches. And Christ was speaking to him about the positive and the things that they need to work on. He spoke at the church at Laodicea. He churched, spoke to the church at Philadelphia. And all these things, you're doing great, but you're widows. You're doing this, but there's corruption. You're doing this, but there's greed. We need to humble ourselves. And this is, if we can really get that into our heart, Jonathan, and this is the big thing, man. If We can really find ourselves fasting and praying before God, prostate before him. Just, God, I really need you to come in. Because before I open my mouth and I go outside my door, Christ needs to be coming out of this mouth. Not my will, Lord, but your will be done. So that was one part. How do I speak to the family of this fallen man and so many other families? Soldiers who, who are coming back home in caskets, slain children of, of mass shootings. How do you speak to those families? And, and, and not just the families of, of these men and women with who, who, who are, 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 are dealing with this systematic racism because that's one part of the problem but there's other problems man we are the problem because remember jesus met up with the prostitute and she was about to be stoned And they was like, listen, we need to kill her. She was caught in adultery. This is the community of the church. Wake up now. Message right here. The community of the church are the elders standing around this woman, which is the world. Which are the people who are hurt? The unbelievers. Those who are lost. Those who are confused. Those who, who are trying to figure out their way in life. And where the church saying, stone them, stone them. We're on this side of righteousness. And Jesus didn't address the woman. He addressed us. One of you, whoever has no sin in their heart, whoever never sinned, I want you to throw the first stone. And the Presbyterian said, well, I ain't going to do that. And then the cult, <laughs> and I'm going to back up. And then the Catholics was like, well, I'm not going to, I'm not going to go there, you know? And and, and so this is what happens. And Christ comes in. Christ himself says, listen, I don't see any of your accusers. Go. He gives her liberty. He gives her freedom. He said, whoever the son sets free is free indeed. So he frees this woman. And he says, but hope, here's a caveat. Go sin no more. I recognize it, but it's forgiven we are the church. When COVID-19 hit, I was waiting for pastors to go running out on the streets and hospitals laying hands on people. Where's the oil? I was waiting to see it. And I didn't see it. And I seen pastors rising up getting angry because their church is shut down and they want to have service. And I thank God for my pastor who used wisdom. He was like, we're going to still have church. The church is not the building. The church is us. We are the church. The church has never been a building. If you're listening to this for the first time, let me let you know, the church is not a building. The church is you. The church is I. The church is the people. We go out and touch the lives. We go out and spread the gospel. We shine our light. We are the light of the world. We are the salt of the earth. Wherever we go, we are going to shine God's love, shine his light on everybody. So that was my answer for the families that are grieving. But now I got to go preach to Saul. What were you talking about? pastor anthony what do you mean i gotta go preach to saul when you look at the new testament saul was a persecutor of the church people who followed the way this man made sure you were arrested you were persecuted imprisoned, prison and i'm sure he allowed some to be executed mm-hmm. and here we are the church now being persecuted don't you come up here talk no jesus stuff around here don't talk about jesus separation of church and state don't talk about jesus in your school don't talk about jesus here and there stay over there in your place but we're followers of the way the meek shall inherit the earth we're we're followers of the way stay in your place so saul in a sense is the oppressor the organization, the individual, the, the the who's who that is saying, "I have the power mm-hmm. but somebody had to get to Saul so that on the way God can say, "Why are you persecuting me?" and blind this man and change his name to Paul and he became one of the um, the most pro, pro, uh, profound apostles. In the New Testament, could this police officer who killed George Floyd be the next song? Just put that in your spirit for a little bit. Just think about that, because I'll be revolutionary. Jesus didn't come to make friends. Let's go read the word of God. He said, listen, father's going to come against father, daughter against mother. You know, Listen, my truth is my truth. And I'm going to walk. Turn that other cheek. How, how often should I do that? 70 times seven. Oh my goodness. Look at the Psalms. Look at the Proverbs. How many times do you give your shirt off your back? How many times do you allow them? Because we're not fighting flesh and blood, but spiritual things that are in high and lofty places. Mm-hmm. We are not to fight flesh and blood. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. I dare, I dare a believer in Christ to go witness to this police officer now. I'm just saying, he's wrong, he needs to be punished. I get that, yes. Everything has a consequence. But even the righteous were punished too. Paul and Silas were put in prison Hmm. until the hymns and the psalms came and all of a sudden God moved and these prison doors opened up. Sometimes God needs to lock you up for a little bit. You can't get the revelation, the greatest revelation, if you are not boiled in hot oil and set to die on the island of Patmos before I can say, okay, John, I'm about to give you The revelation of the church. I had to have you boiled. I had to have you isolated and left to die before I give this to you. So we have to, one, humble ourselves. We got to seek God. We have to pray because what we do is preach jesus this is what the church needs to do it's not a black church it's not a white church it's not an apostolic it is not a a, a episcopalian it's not a cat we are the church of jesus Mm. christ and he will come again and the only thing we really need to worry about is if our names are written on the lamb's book of life because i don't know about you jonathan but i want to put on that white robe and have (laughs) a little dance in the streets and i want to just Worship and worship and worship mm-hmm. and worship and know that there's no tears in my eyes anymore. There's no more weight on my shoulder of oppression. There's no more sadness. There's no more guilt. That's where the focus and the lens needs to be on. Yes, and so the, the second scripture I really wanted to share with you now is how we look at this as a church now. So mm. as a church, I want you to look at uh, 1 Corinthians I know I was going to go to Corinthians. So I said Corinthians first. Well, I want you to look at 1 Corinthians and look at the first chapter right there in verse. Uh, I believe it's verse 10. Yeah, verse 10. Now, this is what the church needs to do. 1 Corinthians, first chapter, verse 10. Now, I beseech you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you all speak the same thing and that there be no divisions among you, but that you be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment. That's how we look at now as a church. Mm-hmm. You are my brother, you are my sister, you are my mother, you are my father. Father. Jesus was, was, was on the cross. He's a, oh, 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 it, the, take care of her. You're her son now. I got things to do. You're the church now. And we are now eagerly waiting for his return. But while we're here, we need to speak an authentic gospel to those that don't look like us, to those who don't sound like us, to those who don't dress like us you need to speak an authentic gospel and preach your truth about what God has done in your life isn't the testimonies of the saints doesn't that strengthen the church doesn't that strengthen the body so if you're not speaking about what God did for you and how he saved you i don't want to hear you <laughs> Because if you are trying to sell something to me, I need to know that it has benefited you Mm -hmm. and you tried it out. You can't live without it. And I tell you right now, Jonathan, I can't live without Christ. That's right. Because I breathe through him, I move Mm -hmm. through him. I have my being in him. And so what I do is every day I have to die daily. Why? Because I gotta present my body as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God which is my reasonable service that this is what we got to do. We really need to look at the word, walk in the word, live the word, preach the word because the word brings life. It talks about love. And I'm going to end on this real quick, man. John 3 verse 16. For God so loved you, Jonathan. He loved you, Jonathan. So much. He didn't give you a George Floyd. He didn't give you a Trayvon Martin. He didn't give you a Martin Luther King Jr. Jonathan. He didn't give you a a, 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 a Martin Luther. He didn't give you any of these people. What he did was Jonathan, he gave his own begotten son. That's how much he loves mm. us, mm. and if we really ought to absorb that into our spirits and into our hearts, you're gonna start hearing God speak in a small, still voice. I need you to go talk to that person right over there. I need you to call up this one. Just pay for that person's coffee who's standing right behind you. It's all right. Just just offer to pay for that person, and then show because a wise man wins souls. It is. It's not a. It, it's not a whole lot. Just come follow me. Follow me. Jesus, we ain't got no fish on this side. Casting it on the other side. <laughs> Just listen to me. I got you. I got you. And, and, and believe me, I have story upon story about near-death experiences, people out trying to kill me, uh, uh, driving in my car, so stressed out on, 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 on. where was I? Oh my goodness. Turning my steering wheel cause I wanted to get my car and kill myself, Jonathan. Cause I couldn't take it no more. Mm. And God pulled my hand and said, no, I got more for you. Times where I had a gun pointed at me. Times where I had a knife pointed at me. Times where I thought, I don't know what to say in front of these hundreds of people, God. And he said, listen, I'm going to just speak through you. Just listen to me. Mm -hmm. Because it's not about you. It's not about me. We give God glory. We edify his holy name. For he is Alpha and Omega. That's what matters. Mm -hmm. That we lift up the holy name of Jesus. He is our king. Mm -hmm. He is our priest. And so with that, he will allow us to do great things in the earth to reach many, to be fruitful and, and to bless people with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Yeah.
0: Anthony, thank you for just pointing us to scripture and the challenge to get out of the way and to display our King to the, to the world. Yeah. And Anthony, would you mind if I asked for you to, to pray for the churches in Boston to be that salt and light oh. For, uh, for our churches in particular, too, and just for our, our country. Yeah. Uh, would, would you mind praying for oh, us? Not
1: at, all. not at all. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this platform. Uh, God, you have brought Jonathan into my life. Um, nothing is an accident, Lord. And so I'm grateful that I respond to when you call. And I thank you, O Lord, for this gentleman who responded to you, oh God. He's here, oh lord he wants to touch he wants to reach he wants to share the gospel he wants to share the love of christ with others oh lord god and so i i'm thankful oh lord god that you have given me a new brother in christ father god we know that the family of christ is extensive lord god and every day oh lord god i find a new brother and sister and lord god you told us to be who you've called us to be and make disciples of men and lord god here we are Using technology, Lord God, that only 50 years ago probably was unseen and unheard of, Lord, but here we are, able to reach thousands, able to reach possibly millions, oh Lord God. But it's not about us, it's about Jesus, it's about the gospel, it's about your love, it's about man being reconciled unto you, dead to the sin of this world and the desires of this world and things that man craves. But Lord, you said there's more to life. Than that because those things will pass away and they will mm-hmm. rot. You said your love is eternal. You said Lord God that 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 the wages of sin is death and the gift, the free, the free gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Mm-hmm. Father, I thank you, Lord, for each and every person that's listening right now that Under the sound of my voice, you touch them and heal them and give them the the, the desires of their heart. But Lord God, let them also, Father God, turn to your word and let them feel the breath of life that comes out of knowing you, Lord God. Mm -hmm. Have that on way even here, oh Lord God, and touch us, Father God, as men. And yes, we fall, and yes, we have our shortcomings, oh Lord God. But if we can just say yes to you, Father, I know. Lord, that these ministries will come together at some point, Father God, and we will continue to to preach the gospel on the streets of Boston, the streets of New England, the streets, oh Lord God, around this world. We see the climate, oh Father God, but I understand that not all people get to rest in you People want to get emotional and people want answers, oh Lord God, but let us not lose our focus on what you're saying even right now, Lord, to love our neighbors as we love ourselves. That's the new commandment that Jesus gave us. So Father, let us not worry about the black or the white, but let us worry about the disenfranchised, those who are hurt, those that are in need, depression, and things, oh Lord God, of the mind and of the body that's wreaking havoc, oh Lord God, in our well-being. Some people struggling to even get up out of their bed, even right now, oh Lord God, I speak healing, O oh Lord. If Lazarus can be called by the name of Jesus to come out, he's just sleeping and he takes the, the the bandages off of him. I say, Lord, to this place that has been dead, to call them forth from the catacombs, oh Lord God, I call the churches from the catacombs, O oh Lord God. I call men and women of God who have been asleep for so long to rise up like Lazarus and come and show themselves the light that Jesus said, don't hide under, don't hide your light, but shine it, shine it for the world to see. Father, heal anybody that is sick with COVID-19 and coronavirus those struggling with getting air into their lungs, dealing with fever, dealing with body aches, Lord. You, you, you spoke to me and you showed me those who I had in my own family who suffered, but you healed them because you are a God that's a healer. Father, you remember those, even some who are wondering if they should go back to church even right now. Father, I say that you show them your love, call them back home like the prodigal son, We're not here to judge you. We're not here to ask you where you've been, but just come home. Come home and be loved. Come home where God is your refuge, where he is our shelter. I thank you, Lord God, that even now, Lord God, young people who are angry have no outlet, Lord. Use us, use men like Jonathan and people who are so concerned with the, the, the well-being of young people use them and how we can be creative and get them oh lord god to, to to channel their energy into such positive and beautiful things that give life oh lord god father i rebuke organizations that are coming in the midst of peaceful protest trying to disrupt the order of things and the purpose in which people want to just be heard lord for we heard the blood crying out. You asked him, where's your brother? For his blood cries out. And the blood is crying out, oh Lord God. Innocent blood, Father God. I pray for the families, oh Lord God, of George Floyd, and many, many others, oh Lord God, who have been brutalized, even in the Middle East, even in Asia, even in Europe, even in South America, even on the continent of Africa, Lord God where those who stand in the name of Jesus are martyred. But Father God, we rejoice in it, Lord God. We know that when the church suffers, oh Lord God, when we are pushed down, when we are suppressed, that the beauty of the church begins to rise because we Mm -hmm. call on your holy name, oh Lord God. We know that there is no other place to be but in your grace. Now Lord God, I ask that you touch our ministries here and others who are doing your work, who are who are hitting the pavement, O Lord God, and are doers of the word, renew the strength of your church. Let us continue to God guide, be guided by your word. Let us not be self righteous. Let us not be divided, but let us come on one accord. For you said in your word, O Lord God, where two or three are gathered together in your name, that you are there in the midst of them. Holy Ghost, come in speak, use your people. Let us listen first. Let us not be quick to move into action, but let us be quick to pray. Let us be quick to seek your face. Let us be quick to humble ourselves, O Lord God, Mm -hmm. so that we, O Lord God, can be called by you to do what you've asked us to do. Let us share the gospel of Jesus Christ with the world for your name's sake. And we know, O Lord God, that if we go through the valley of the shadow of death, you will be with us. You comfort us with your rod and your staff. And surely, Father God, after you present us on that table in front of our enemies, O Lord God, anointing our head with oil and watching as our cup runs over, we will surely know that we will dwell in the house of the Lord forever.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Father, we thank you and we honor you, O Lord God, Father, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, Lord God, my strength and my redeemer. Mm. In the mighty name, the mighty name of Jesus, the Christ, we say amen amen. And amen.
0: Anthony, thank you. Thank you, thank you for being on the podcast and just sharing with us uh, God's word and perspective on things that we're going through. Really thankful that you're on today.
1: I appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me, Jonathan. God bless you.
0: Well, I hope you found today's discussion fruitful as we talked about how the gospel helps us process and respond to the injustices we see like racism and riots. Thank you for joining us at the King's Table. You can find more information and resources from King's Hill Church at www.kingshillboston.com.